Well, hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me here in Auckland, New Zealand for day 299 of 365 days of Bible reading. Tomorrow we hit 300 days, a massive milestone, but today it is day 299 and a massive welcome to all of you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And of course, all of our other platforms as well. Great to have you here with me today as we continue on reading the Bible. If it is your first day, make sure you pause here and go back to day one so you can allow the Bible to breathe and build on itself because this is a grand narrative that we're looking at along with uh, minor narratives throughout the entire scriptures. So today, let's have a look at what scriptures we're going to be reading. Is As always, they're in the descriptions below. Psalm 119 verse 105 to 112. Titus chapter 1 verse 1 to 16 and Jeremiah chapter 52 verse 1 to 34. So those are our scriptures that we're going to be reading today. Make sure you get amongst those and have a look at them at some point. But before we go any further, let's get into our brews today and we're continuing our search for our uh, decaffeinated decaf coffee, trying to find out which is the best coffee. So you'll remember yesterday we had it as an espresso and I gave it a 10 out of 10 because I've got nothing else really to compare it to. So let's give this a try today. I have it in the Chemex. Let's give it a go and see what it tastes like. I am interested to see if this tastes any good at all. So cheers. Let's give it a go. And the answer is not really, which is a bit of a surprise for me, I'll be honest, because I I did think that it was going to be maybe a little bit better. I I thought maybe we'd have a a bit of flavor there, but it's very flat. And it is missing a lot of the weight that I would expect to get from an actual, like, caffeinated coffee. So I'm a little bit disappointed in this one. I'm going to give this a four because it really hasn't done it for me, this one, in terms of the filter. Uh, maybe a four is too harsh. Hold on. Yeah, the initial tastes are just not great. I'm not a massive, I'm not a massive fan of that. Uh, we, are, we are having the Acme coffee as well, by the way, uh, just in case you're listening and wondering what we're trying. Yeah, I'm going to say no for that. I'm going to say that's not, it's not, it's not great. I'm going to give it a four, mainly because I would drink it again, but it's not, it's not going to jump to the top of my list there. That is the bruise for today. Let's get into the Bible, the reason that we are here. Have you ever heard the phrase, life is a marathon, not a sprint? That's a really true statement, but I would add to it. I would add that life is a marathon where you don't really know the course, and every now and again, someone throws random obstacles in the way to keep it interesting. With that being the reality, the statement that the psalmist makes today is actually a hard thing to achieve. In verse 112, he says, My heart is something, oh, my heart is set, sorry, on keeping your decrees to the very end. I love the intentionality of the psalmist here. We don't often think about in terms or think in terms uh, around until the very end. We normally think about until tomorrow or the end of the week. But the intentionality to say, God, I want to keep my heart focused on you until the very end, that will serve us a lot better in the random moments of life. Like I said before, there are lots of obstacles in this marathon of life. Like the psalmist says, there are snares and temptation to stray and there's suffering. I'm grateful that the Bible doesn't just warn us of the issues, but it also provides us with some solutions and helps us on the way. Look at what the psalmist says that that can help us keep on track. There are three things that he says that we can find in the Word of God. He says we can find guidance, that the Word of God lights our path. We can find sustenance, that the Word of God is sweeter than honey in our mouth. 
and wisdom that the Word of God gives us understanding in all seasons. In the journey of life, God is our map. The Word of God, sorry, is our map, and it shows us what can trip us up or lead us astray. And that's why people who daily who do the daily brew and keep with it until the end are wise. Now, okay, it's time for a new book, and it is the book of Titus. Now, Paul, he's the author of Titus, and it's written in approximately 66 AD. It's estimated that the letter to Titus could have been written around, uh, written between, sorry, 1st and 2nd Timothy. Now, this is a personal letter by Paul to a young minister who was left on Crete. Like Timothy, this letter is practical and it discusses the everyday problems confronted by a young church leader. The importance of good work is stressed in this epistle. Not that we are saved by good works, but that we are saved for good works. And that's an important distinction that we must take heed of. Along with this, we see Paul laying out keys for the church office and for members. Titus is a great leader. And Paul, he gives him the task of settling the church in Corinth. Based on 2 Corinthians, we see that he did a good job. Titus was gentle, and likely he was converted during the early years of Paul's ministry journey and would have traveled with Paul for many years before being released into the ministry. As you read this book, I want you to read it through the lens, looking at the cultural problems that Titus as a leader had to face. Look for the parallels between today and back then, and then see how God would have us as Christians respond to the climate that we face today. Finally, in Jeremiah, we're encouraged by this portion of his story, not to lose hope, even in the darkest moments. Jeremiah's name has an interesting meaning. It means a person giving to lamentation or woeful complaining, a denouncer of the times, a dismal prophet. With all this being said, the book of Jeremiah does end with a little bit of hope. Jeremiah's words were ultimately fulfilled in the fall of Jerusalem. This is one of the most horrible times for the people of God in Scripture. Their king was captured, blinded physically, and then thrown into prison. Not only that, the temple was also burnt to the ground, along with everything important. And the royal building was also burnt to the ground, too. The result of this was that many of God's people were thrown into exile, wandering away from the home that God had for them. It's a wild and dark period of time for God's people. And if only someone was around to tell them that they were heading in the wrong direction, like maybe a prophet called Jeremiah. It's always wise to listen to wise counsel. We should test it against scripture, but wise men and women are open to listening to what wisdom has to be said. The hope that Jeremiah will end with is that it's not all over for God's people, even when it looks like it does. Or maybe it is. Jeremiah has spoken about how God's people would one day return and be restored by God. And the restoration that uh, would eventually take place in 537 BC when they returned from exile. And then again, when Jesus came to restore mankind back to God and pour out the Holy Spirit. So here's the encouragement. Even during the darkest moments of time for God's people, it wasn't the end. So whatever you're facing, be encouraged. It's not the end unless you personally want it to be. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, Titus chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and and consciences are corrupted. They cling to no God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Man, there's so much here in these two verses. And I wanted to use both because it would feel wrong to take one without the other. But there's so much in here. If we're corrupted by sin, what we see is that we do not believe that nothing is pure. 
Minds and consciences, conscious, that's a hard, why am I stumbling over that? Consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. They are detestable. They are disobedient. And they're unfit for anything good. Sheesh. I need to read that again and again and make sure that I'm not included in that list. But I'm someone whose actions are good, who's holy and pure, and follows Christ with all of my heart. And that is it for the Daily Brew today, day 299 of 365 days. Thank you so much for joining me, no matter where you are around the world. I'm praying for you as you open up the scriptures today and look inside God's word. I pray that you see more of yourself and more of him through the character and the content of scripture. That is it though for today. Come back tomorrow for more brews, more Bible, and more of this fantastic banter. Uh, If it is the start of your day, have a great rest of your day. Unless it's sleep time, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for another day of the Daily Brew.